It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, Reds fans, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for downloading and listening. We're roughly 37 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting in Goodyear, Arizona. I want to talk a little bit about some rumored trades that the Reds have been mentioned as being a part of since the winter meetings. And I also want to look at a couple of other news and notes for the Reds on this Monday. But first, just a reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And also check us out on the website at LockedOnReds.com. Let's dive right in. I've been monitoring all sorts of rumors and news and all of that good stuff on the Twitter about the Reds this offseason, taking a look at some of the trades that they've been talked about being a part of since the winter meetings. The Reds were rumored to at least have contacted the Marlins about JT Realmuto back when the Marlins made him available. I commend our front office for, you know, turning over every single stone this offseason. They've really had to acquire a lot of talent this offseason, and it would have behooved them to look at every single possibility, and they've done that. Now, as far as the Reds' involvement in the J.T. Romuto trade, according to John Morosi, the Marlins' asking price for J.T. Romuto has been quite extensive. In fact, a team that has been rumored to have the most interest in Realmuto and probably the closest team to landing him, although he had mentioned that they aren't that close. But the team that's been most involved with the Marlins in trade talks for Realmuto is the Los Angeles Dodgers. According to Morosi, some officials in the Dodgers organizations had leaked to him that the Marlins' asking price for JT Realmuto included, not limited to, but included Cody Bellinger. As someone who doesn't have a lot invested in the Dodgers and can just observe from afar, that seems high. Now, I don't know exactly what a Dodgers fan point of view would be on this, but I got to imagine that they value Cody Bellinger quite high. And when it comes to trading for a catcher who right now, you know, is rated as probably the best catcher in the game, still I would be hesitant to see the Dodgers, um, if I were a Dodgers fan, give up Cody Bellinger. That's like saying, I can only imagine maybe Dick Williams and Nick Kroll gave a call down to Miami, and the Marlins said, yeah, sure, we're interested in trading JT Ramuto to Cincinnati. Just put Suarez on the table as far as our first dealing chip, and we'll start talking. Uh Uh-uh. Not going to happen. I'm not interested in that sort of a deal. Sounds like the Marlins are really looking for not only an ability to build their young core in their minor leagues and rebuild their farm system, but also bring back somebody who can help them contend right away. Maybe they saw what happened with the Christian Yelich trade and just decided that they didn't want to do that again. Not really sure, but sounds like the asking price for Romuto is up in the sky, and it's just not something that I would want to see the Reds do. I, I tweeted about it after I saw John Morosi's tweet, and I said it's basically like Dick Williams calling Derek Jeter, and Derek Jeter's like, yeah, sure, give us uh, Suarez, Senzel, and Hunter Green, and uh, we'll send over Romuto for you. In fact, maybe even throwing some cash in the deal. Just sounds like they're trying to fleece whoever is trading for Realmuto. And who knows? I mean, as they get closer to spring training, maybe they get more desperate. I don't know how invested in dealing Realmuto the Marlins are. When you 
hear reports of what they're looking for and Cody Bellinger is one of the people that is reportedly a target for them, that really doesn't lend me to believe that they are actively trying to get rid of Raul Muto. They're, t- they're telling other teams, impress us. Make us want to give him to you. And that's just not something that the Reds need to be doing right now. I would be very uh, surprised to see Ramito in a Reds uniform next year. Another trade rumor that I feel like the developments have kind of come and gone, and now it seems like the Reds are not likely to complete the deal, is for Corey Kluber. And now I know they also said Trevor Bowers probably in there too, but really you can lump those two together when it comes to this because it's either or. And the Indians are asking for just about the same stuff. According to John Morosi, again, he was talking about these deals, said that the Indians are looking for a haul like the White Sox got from the Red Sox whenever they traded Chris Sale. Now, I don't know if you know that deal very well, but what the White Sox got back for Chris Sale included top prospect in the Boston Red Sox organization and one of the top 10, if I'm not mistaken, without looking at the Baseball America list, I'm not exactly sure, but one of the top 10 prospects in the country, Yon Mancata from Cuba, and I probably just butchered that, but Yon Mancata is a very talented and actually was immediately called up to the major leagues after this trade and became the White Sox everyday second baseman. He's got a lot of power. He was compared to Robinson Cano in his prospect evaluation. They also got a guy named Michael Kepik, which was the best pitcher in the Red Sox organization, who was ranked as the number four prospect for the Red Sox. They got another guy who was the number eight prospect for the Red Sox and a mid-20s level guy. So they got four prospects, one of which was Major League ready at the time. So... Essentially what Cleveland is saying for Corey Kluber slash Trevor Bauer, they want Nick Senzel, Taylor Trammell, Hunter Green, and maybe like Jimmy Herget or, you know, Jesus Reyes or something like that. One of those mid-level prospects. But still, you're talking about three, not one, not two, three of the Reds' top ten prospects. Now, As we mentioned at the beginning of the season, and even when James uh, talked with me on Friday, Reds fans are tired of talking about prospects. I get that. I'm tired of talking about prospects, too. Prospects, right now, don't win you championships. They're all about future and, you know, could they, would they, maybe, who knows. You don't know the value that they're actually going to produce for you down the road. But what I can tell you is if you're mortgaging your farm system, you want to get back somebody who's a little bit younger than Corey Kluber. When you're talking about that asking price and the fact that Kluber is probably either on the other side of his prime or um, you know, maybe he's right at the top of his prime and he's about to go down, it's not something where you're saying, hey, this guy's going to be an ace for our club for the foreseeable future. It's we're going to get two to three good years out of this guy, and then after that, who knows? If that's the case, by the time he's done, the Reds may have something out of those prospects. But it just seems like way too high of an asking price when you're talking about a Chris Sale return for Corey Kluber, which I really think the Reds are targeting here. I don't think they're targeting Trevor Bauer. With those two reports of John Morosi talking about JT Ramuto and Corey Kluber and the asking prices for both of those, I think it's highly unlikely that the Reds get something done unless either one of those teams decides to drop their asking price a little bit. And hey, I mean, if I'm the Marlins or the Indians, 
I have no reason to do so, really, especially the Indians. The Indians are a team that can contend right away already. They have been contending, and they kind of cut some payroll by getting rid of Edwin Encarnacion, E5, as I still call him, even though he's a DH now, not a third baseman, but still call him E5 from his Reds days. And Yonder Alonso, by getting rid of those contracts, they don't have to get rid of Kluber or Bauer, so they can ask the moon, and until someone gives it to them, they don't have to trade them. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Appreciate you listening. When we come back, going to do some other news and notes for the Reds on this Monday. This spring, follow the Reds out to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. There's amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, and incredible food awaiting you as Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Enjoy baseball in nice warm weather and even venture outside of the ballpark confines and see things like the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley. You can even bring the family along too with resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages from water parks to horseback rides and games and activities. If Reds baseball and the Grand Canyon sound great to you, then start by planning your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast on this Monday. We're going to be talking about a few news and notes, just some sundry items to look at here for today. I was looking that about 11 days from now, the Reds caravan will begin. For a brief period of time, I lived in Berea, Kentucky, and I really enjoyed when the Reds came down to Lexington. They always posted up at the Fayette Mall there. Got to meet a couple of Reds that way. Got an autograph from Brandon Phillips and Jeff Brantley and guys like that back in the day. It was always awesome to see them come into town. And I think the Reds do that just about as good, if not better, than any other organization in baseball the way that they have tried to expand their brand. Last year they added Nashville to as a leg of the Reds caravan, and they're really trying to get down into Braves country there with Nashville. It's pretty close to Atlanta as far as baseball fan is concerned. It's right there kind of sandwiched in between Atlanta and St. Louis and all that good stuff. And the Reds trying to make a present there, presence there is pretty awesome. I saw in Mark Sheldon's mailbag on MLB.com a couple of people asking some interesting questions that we can address here on the podcast. One of The first one that he had posted was about where will Yasiel Puig play. Now, we as Reds fans, we're biased towards Scott Shebler playing in right field. But let me be frank with you, Puig is a better right fielder than Scott Shebler is. That being said, there currently isn't a center fielder on the roster, and I could really see him slotting in there well, Puig that is, as his athleticism would be more than fine to cover center field in the small confines of Great American Ballpark. He has played a few games there, not a ton. Uh, Mark Sheldon says that in his 680 career games, Yasiel Puig has played 67 of them in center field, so right around 10%. So, you know, the optimist in me says, hey, he's got experience there, and that's great. The other awesome thing could be if Nick Senzel proves to be ready for center field during spring training. That's going to be probably one of the more hotly contested 
places on the roster as I really do see the Reds signing another pitcher. I'm not exactly sure as to who, and kind of as I mentioned in the first segment of today's episode, the trade for Corey Kluber is looking less and less likely by the day. So we're probably looking at a free agent coming to Cincinnati as that last piece of the puzzle for the starting rotation. So you're looking at Luis Castillo, Tanner Rourke, Alex Wood, and pitcher to be named later, as well as the fifth spot, which probably will be manned by Tyler Malley. Tyler Malley had a great season. And as we get closer to spring training, I'll start looking at what years uh, different Reds put together. But center field is going to be a hot topic pretty much from now until opening day and maybe even throughout the season. I'm hoping that we have it figured before then, though. I can see Puig. I'd, I'd love to see Zenzel. You get his bat in the lineup any way you can. And if center field is one of those ways, then, hey, you're replacing Billy Hamilton's batting statistics with a guy who has been rumored to be able to bat 300, maybe even 320 or 340, a potential batting title candidate. Nixon Zell, some people, I mean, you know, maybe that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Maybe we're, we're putting the cart about a mile before the horse in that instance. But there's a lot of scouts who have corroborated that sort of an idea that it isn't as far-fetched as most fans who are overly biased toward their home team may originally make it sound. So it could be interesting to see. They definitely need to get Nick Senzel in the lineup as many games as they possibly can in 2019. Also looking ahead a little bit. Fox Sports Ohio released their broadcast schedule of spring training. The first game that will be televised on Fox Sports will be on February 24th when the Reds play at the Angels spring training facility. That's at 3 p.m. that day. And looking at my calendar, February 24th is a Sunday. So first broadcast for spring training will be February 24th on Sunday at 3 p.m. The Reds and Angels will be playing on Fox Sports Ohio. They'll have nine other broadcasts sprinkled throughout March up until we get really close to opening day. The last uh, two games right in a row, March 25th and 26th, that will be played in Atlanta at SunTrust Park against the Braves uh, will be televised up until a few days before opening day. And just saying those words, I'm getting myself really excited. And I know it's just January 7th here, but uh, Reds baseball and baseball season in general is getting closer and closer by the day. I know I just got done watching the Bears and Eagles playoff game. And while it was nice to see some good playoff football, I got baseball in my blood and my blood is boiling. But, you know, in a good way. So stick with me each and every day here on the Lockdown Reds podcast as we'll get you ready for the season, the closer it gets. Tomorrow I'm going to take a look at a few performances from 2018. We'll take a look at how some guys did and maybe take a deep dive into the numbers as well. And who knows, maybe we'll be even talking about a new Red. But anyway, that'll do it for Monday on the Locked On Reds podcast. I appreciate you listening again. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, leave us a review on whatever service you get your podcasts from. Always love seeing the feedback from you guys. I've appreciated everything that you've said so far, and I'm looking to improve the product each and every day for you. So I appreciate you once again. Thanks for listening for today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.